Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Picture. My name is Lewis and I will be your illustrious host. Um, before we get to today's episode, I just want to say thanks for the support in the previous one. We covered GTA 6. Some great ideas put by the guys so we know if they appear in the game. It was entirely our creation. We want royalties for the sale of that. <clears throat> anyway, today's episode, we will be covering Venom. Yes, that Spider-Man movie that wasn't quite a Spider-Man movie. But before we get into the, the nitty-gritty, let's introduce our family of guests here. Coming in first, he was the host last week, so I'll give him the first chance here. He is the resident Venom. It's Stuart Fitzgerald. Stuart, how are you doing? I'm just peachy, Lewis. I am more than happy to discuss this uh, this film, so let's get this turd blown in the wind. You know, I'm half tempted just to, to shut up and give you five minutes of rant time here, but unfortunately... Um, we have bills to pay and we can't do that here. <laughs> Moving on though, I don't want to give everybody a character name, but this guy really is the carnage of the group. He is the the chaotic one. It's Adam Borkevich. Adam, how are we getting on today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm free of coronavirus. I don't have a symbiote living inside of me, so I think <laughs> I think I'll be good to go. Yeah, I like that description. What I liked was that when you said it, I was like, it's probably me, but I, I, I don't want to be ready just in case it was like someone else. You threw it to another person, you know? <laughs> nah, there's no curveball here, mate. You fit that character <laughs> description pretty much perfectly. <laughs> and moving swiftly on as well, we have our resident Eddie Brock. He is the the smooth, the the ultra charismatic man himself. It's Reese Cook. Uh, I really thought you were going to say Jack, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> I think a few of us probably would be, but let's face it, you are the, the, the Tom Hardy of this group. Oh, you know, I'm not going to comment on that right now, and you'll see why later. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, last time I was on, I was saying that Scotland were going to qualify for the Euros, and did Scotland qualify for the Euros? Yes, exactly! <laughs> Hi, Ken Bogey! Yes, football. Woohoo! Anyway, and last and certainly a lot least, we'll give him his due. He has no reference to this movie because, well, he's just the last one, is Chakra. Yeah, uh, my thoughts are the exact same for the movie. It's uh, just not there, irrelevant. It's I respect it. You know, as, as, as an accurate, an accurate introduction for how my thoughts in this film. So, well done. Before we get any further, though, there was one oversight, and that is the congratulations of the People's Champion of last week's episode, and that is Adam with over 58% of the vote. Congratulations, Adam. How does it feel to be People's Champ? It's great. It's the first time I've ever heard both titles, Big Picture and People's Champion. So it's Unheard of. You've done well. You capitalised a lot on the votes there. You did really well. Thank you. And in case you're wondering what we're talking about here, we discussed the episode, we pick an arbitrary winner, but really the true winner is the People's Champion. So you can head over to Twitter and our Instagram, at underscore the big picture, and you can see we're all about. Give us a follow. And hey, we interact with you guys, get a couple of ideas, and even see what you guys would have done. So why don't you go back to that and let us know what you would want to do for GTA 6. But, as mentioned, we are doing Venom. Now, in case you haven't seen this movie, I'll do my best to summarize what plot... Well... There isn't a plot, really. It's it's a movie with a guy. That's really it. It follows that of Eddie Brock, an investigative reporter who has been assaulted by a symbiote named Venom. Uh, the original plan was to take over the planet and conquer us because they're aliens. But then Venom falls in love with Eddie Brock, I think, I'm not really sure, and decides to stay and save the world from the other symbiotes that are in the movie. Aside from that, it's really the thing that really matters that happened here. As you can tell, the movie didn't really do that great because it was a very middling plot, shall we say. Reviews were a bit mediocre. A lot of the, the reviews were saying not much direction. So, it's fair to say the movie didn't very well. What we're going to do is try and fix that. But first, let's have a look at the movie. Let's see what's, let's see what's really going on here. Now, one big complaint was at the time the Marvelverse was kicking off. Spider-Man had his own movies. And some people thought it maybe lacked a bit of star power. So I'm going to go to you first, Reese, because you're probably not really the biggest comic book guy here. And a common complaint was the fact there's a lack of Spider-Man in this film. Was that a problem for you? Because Venom maybe doesn't have the same sort of cultural relevance as, say, a villain like the Joker. Did you maybe not struggle, but like just find a lack of care because there wasn't that power there? 
Uh, is Venom part of the Spider-Man universe? Yeah, kind of answers that question. Then, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I don't see. To be honest, Lewis, I actually didn't know until I watched the movie, and then there's like a five-minute short clip at the end uh, of like an um, animated Spider-Man. Uh, I didn't really know what that was either. But until then, I didn't realize that this was part of the Spider-Man universe until I looked it up. So, uh, you could put Spider-Man in this film to give it more star power, like you said, but it wouldn't fit the plot of the movie, which I thought you did a bit of an injustice to. I think there is a, a plot. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's definitely not the worst one we've covered yet either. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not Suicide Squad. So, no. I don't think, I just don't think you, there's anywhere in this movie for Spider-Man. So, yes, it does lack maybe the star power of a Spider-Man and, like, the name of a Spider-Man. Um, because, like I said, it's not quite Joker. He's not, Venom's not quite that big name. Like, I didn't know that it was part of the Spider-Man universe. But I just don't see anywhere in this movie for Spider-Man to be in it. And that's a fair point. I think a lot of people were maybe hoping for an integrated universe, especially now that Sony owns Spider-Man and Venom. But, you know, when it comes to large conglomerate companies, you don't always get what you want, you know? Do you ever? <laughs> no, you never do. But there was one, for me personally, and Adam also, it's a bit of a running joke here, there was one good thing to come out of this movie, and that was Eminem's ver- rap Venom. You know, I don't, I don't want to burst out into song, but was that, like, the only best part of the movie for you? Was there any highlights that you had that was like, oh, that actually wasn't too bad? Or was it just Venom? <laughs> I, I have to admit when that when that credit song came on the cinema, you know, first I was relieved because it was the credits, but then also I was, you know, I was vibing, I was dancing the cinema. No, it's it's not a great song, but it's it's a meme, and I, I respect that's what I respect with it. Eminem either makes a good song or a meme, but uh, the actual film, like there's there's one thing I liked about it a lot. I would say would be the size of Venom, the scale. I thought that was very authentic. Um, Apart from that, it's a lot of middle lane. I think you said that you'd use the perfect word, mediocre. I think that's the perfect word for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like Venom does have a bit of presence around him, which I think they kind of needed to give because, as uh, Reese pointed out, there's not a lot of star power. But when Venom appears on screen, you're like, oh, that is a that is a dude. That is a big threat that's going on here. But if Eminem was Venom, I might have cared more. Probably would have. Now, uh, Jack, you are... You provide interesting perspectives here. And I'm going to... I was told by a very uh, important person in my life that they really love this movie because, quote, the movie has just enough humour to keep me entertained. Do you fall into that category? Was it just a crock of crap for you? Was there any redeeming qualities for you? Uh, I'm sorry to say, Lewis, but that very important person in your life is fucking wrong. <laughs> this movie's abysmal. I was not a fan. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I thought it was going to be good. Obviously, you hear Venom and it's like, oh, that's quite a cool. It's, it's the Spider-Man universe type thing. You hear Tom Hardy's going to cast and you're like, yes. And he just gets hot pile of shit and it's so bad and I'm so annoyed by it. I wanted it to be great and unfortunately it wasn't. Somebody once told me, uh, when, when we were at uni and I was staying down the road, I was working down there, somebody I worked with told me it was the best movie they'd ever seen. And they watched it five times. And they kept saying, you have to watch it. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, you know, when someone, ever, someone tells me that a movie's good, I never watch it because I'm always disappointed. So I was never going to watch it until this podcast came around. But, yeah, they kept saying, oh, this is the best movie ever. It's so good. And I was like, oh, it's surely not that good. And then, <laughs> sure enough, it's not. So I was very annoyed with that as well. What other films had they seen? What was their other favourite? If that's their favourite, what was second place? Avatar. (laughs) Suicide Squad, I think, was one of them. Right, I guess. So so what echoing that tone, Stuart, it's very clear you do not like this movie. And without giving you an unfiltered five minutes just yet, I'm sure your pitch is very well created with sources and all that kind of jazz. Was there anything that you liked about the movie? Was it just also like Jack, crock of shit and you just wanted to turn it off as soon as you turned it on? I think you'd have an easier time you know, asking me what, what didn't annoy me in this film because I pretty much don't like anything about it. Um, 
maybe the relationship between Venom and Eddie Brock. I, I like that. Ultimately, when the symbiote began to like him and take like a personal interest in his safety and also like his personal life, I like that. But there's a scene like where the symbiote's like, "Oh, I, I'm inside your head, Eddie. I know everything about you." And then the next scene, Tom Hardy's ex is phoning him, and the symbiote's like, "Who's that? Who's phoning you?" And I'm like, "You just said you knew everything about him, and you don't even know who's phoning him." <laughs> Yeah, there seems to be an inconsistency in the film. Also, it took that old woman six months to reach the airport. What the hell? Like, there's a, there was a six months later thing, and she still, she only just reaches the airport. How how did it take her six months to get there? I just this... want to say, also on the, the bit of the other hole, he didn't know who was phoning her. He, there's one scene where it's got, don't answer the door, and then the door goes. So he clearly knows what's going on around, so he knows... He can read what says on the phone before the guy picks it up because he knows someone's about to knock on the door. I didn't, I didn't get that either. I was annoyed at that part too. So yeah, I mean, I mean plot inconsistencies aside, I mean, uh, I just, I don't like anything about it. the acting's pretty awful. Like even Tom Hardy, and he's usually the saving grace for me. But I didn't like him in this. I especially didn't like whoever played his ex or the villain. Or the villain was so boring, and, and the CGI is also pretty shit as well. It's not a nice looking mm. film. So, t- not a lot to like. So, it's a very irksome movie. But uh, I guess, I don't, I think you're probably more likely to remember this than 90s animated Spider-Man cartoon. Now, in that, Venom was just a villain. But in this, he seems to be a bit of a kind of, I don't know, anti-hero. Do you, would you have preferred that to stay the same, Stuart? Or would you prefer it to be like, oh, he's a straight villain? I mean, if, if we're talking about like adaptations, I would prefer the actual, the actual storyline you know, that includes Spider-Man, but uh, I, I I don't know, because to have Venom as a character, like, not even coming, not even touching his origins with Spider-Man, I, I think you'd just be better off putting another character in there. Mm. Um, I mean, it's not as if you're, it's not as if the Marvel Universe is low in symbiotes, too, because there's that many of them, there's probably about 50 symbiotes that they could, but they only put Venom there because of the, the name recognition, apart from, like, people that didn't know who he was. Play Reese. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> uh, the nineties TV show, one of which is like one of my favorite shows ever. Venom is brilliant in that because he's 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 so good because he's he's this villain. Uh, he, he's so dark actually for us for a show for a cartoon. Really dark, and I thought that was um, something that this film was missing for me. Not to not to go into too much detail, but I just I really liked that show, and I liked the symbiotes in it. I liked Venom and Carnage. I thought they were done really well, and I'm sure people, if you remember, like the big plot, the last uh, episode is going to another dimension where uh, Spider Man keeps the set, uh, gets involved with the Carnage symbiote, and that's like another good sort. Of, like I just think that's it's a great show. Go watch that. Don't watch this film. Uh, me, me, and Adam were speaking uh, the other night. We were just talking about general thoughts about Venom. And I, I, I brought the thing about that you mentioned, Lewis, about he's kind of like an anti-hero in this movie. And I feel that like they've tried to play too much to the casual audience on that part because it's Tom Hardy who's Eddie Brock. I felt that by going down, I was like, like Marvel fans, like we we know ourselves that Venom is essentially a villain and a, a bad guy. Play. He's played him as this kind of anti-hero protagonist. It's, it's hard to kind of actually understand who or what Venom and Eddie Brock is because of that. Yeah, it's almost like, I think, it's not exactly the best comparison, but X-Men Origins Wolverine, like Wolverine has a bit of character and known about him culturally, so it's easier to make that a more of a, a darker radar movie, which not that it wasn't rated R per se, but it was definitely more brutal and a bit more realistic. With Venom, I think, as you said, they kind of want to keep it at a franchisable level with the other Marvel versus but still try and keep it interesting, and it just sits in that limbo period, which is kind of, I guess, a synonym for the whole movie. It just kind of sits in that limbo bit. But um, one thing I will say, and Tom Hardy's acting in this is up, down. He's very committed. He's very committed to this. And it is, well, one of two movie um, portrayals of Venom. So, Adam, did Spider-Man 3 ruin Venom? No, actually, right, this is funny, because see, when I watched this film, uh, the first thought I had in the film, watching it again, um, I've actually got, I've got it in my notes, well, actually, my first thought is classic symbiote landing vibes, but 
the next thought is this is rushed. It was this. You meet Eddie. It's rushed. He's got his life together. Oh, look at him. He's a journalist. Whoa, wow. He's a cool guy. He's got a girlfriend. Oh my god. He's got this big interview. Then it's all. It's, it goes wrong. It's gone like that. And then we're meant to care. What I will say, one of the things Spider Man Three did well, and I did, it's not a good film, <laughs> and there's not a lot of things I like about it. It did well was it had it was Tofa Grace played Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock's he's in it early on as a character. You get to know him. You get to to dislike him. You know why he doesn't like Spider Man. You know then when it all falls apart, you you can blame it all on Spider Man. So it makes sense that when he becomes Venom, that he's driven like he's got motivation, which is more than. That's get because what he does have, he does have motivation in this, but like he's got a stronger motivation. He's got, um, he works better as a villain in that. But I, I, you know, again, Toe for Grace, he doesn't do a great job. <laughs> I, I don't know, <laughs> it's not how I would have cast, but at the same time, I do think that film does a better job explaining who Eddie Brock is as a character. Is it just me, or is everyone in the Spider Man universe a journalist? Is that the only job that goes around in that universe? I don't. That was the first thing that annoyed me about this film. <laughs> Just sorry, it's Stephen King. That point out there. Yeah, it's like Stephen King. Everyone's a writer in his universes, and it's everyone's a journalist in the Spider-Man universe. You're, you're just like it's that Daily Bugle, like hey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the inquiry to when, like when the police actually look at them. Like, hang on a minute, half of these villains they all originate from the same office, never mind the same building. <laughs> Well, I mean, I will say at least uh, James, what's Jonah, Jonah James Jameson. Jonah Jameson's son, whose name escapes me, he's an astronaut. So I guess that you can either be an astronaut or a journalist. There is no in between. But <laughs> one thing I think the movie also lacks is, well, I mean, that lacks the fair things. The plot is fairly inconsistent, but it doesn't really seem to have a core messaging behind it. Now, Reese, you're pretty well versed in movies that have, you know, real meaningful and purposeful and powerful messaging behind them especially ones grounded in reality do you think that like that was a key fault of venom was there was no really key messages behind it there was no sort of purpose behind it uh, or just yeah i mean yeah i i get what you mean I, the problem is when i come over to superhero movies i don't anticipate getting a like a, a good message like a hidden meaning or you know a good story that has like a like a dark meaning behind it that can be related to life so yes it, it does lack it but I, I don't expect it at the same time i just expect uh, a good you know bad guy be good guy good guy be, be bad guy kind of vibe and in this case it was bad guy be not so bad guy so yeah i was just a bit weird the the plot so here, here first, folks. Uh, Reese agrees with Mark Scorsese. Marvel movies were not actually movies. Yeah, they're not real movies. They're <laughs> kind of things that you watch in your spare time. I guess they, they are somewhat like you want a movie that you can kind of watch, turn off, and just kind of ignore the world for a while and appreciate for what it is. But one thing the Marvel movies do generally do is give you some sort of like, I don't know, I don't want to say purpose and meaning, but there is a, there's a story there, there's an arc, there's an overbridging thing, and each individual character have their own character traits that are a bit more perfectly explored, which I think is maybe where I think I'm getting with the Venom thing, is that, as Adam explained with Spider-Man 3, Brock's motivations were better explained then than now, and it's, it kind of jumps around a bit too much. Yeah, Lewis, don't get me wrong, uh, when I watched Joker, which obviously I know isn't, affiliated with the actual uh, universe but when i watched that that had a you know i was that had a good story i mean a bit controversial some people either love it or they hate it but i thought the story behind it and the darker deeper meanings were brilliant and the, the way it touched on like mental health and the, you know the top one percent capitalism stuff like that it was it was really good so you can get it and you can put it into movies like this uh, but i just when i come over to watch films like venom I don't, I don't anticipate that, so I, I can't be disappointed when, when it's not there. You know, I can appreciate that. I think Venom maybe isn't the platform maybe for it. Maybe it just doesn't quite fit. But as the resident music man, uh, Jack, would you like to add a AE soundtrack to Venom and fix it? Um, oh, I don't know. Can you can you ask someone else a question? I'll start looking. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. How is Jack the resident music guy? His favourite artist is Will Smith. He knows nothing about music. <laughs> <laughs> what are the game listens to the most? It's, it's, qu- it's quantity over quality. 
Well, in order to give Jack some more time to scour his very shallow Spotify playlist, uh, Stuart, did you have something you wanted to add on the back end there? Um, yeah, it's just kind of what Reese was saying as well that um, this the, the problem with this film is that it's almost as if it was written like years like years ago because I feel like we've hit a stride with the superhero movies because every, everyone's kind of over the origin story it's not enough now to make a generic superhero film as we said you have to have a you have to have a hint of other genres into them like the joker um or like logan is a western or the dark knights more like a crime drama but venom just kind of shows up late to the party with all these old cliches and it's, it's awful dialogue and it just falls flat um it, and like something from the 90s, it tries to be so hard to be edgy. And it's rated 15, but I don't know for what reason. Like, you don't see much blood or graphic violence. It's all implied that heads are being ripped off and everything, but you barely see it. I mean, yeah, you've got people, like, saying shit and somebody calls someone a pussy. But guess what? The Atman movies do that too. And they're released by Disney. Like, it's the softest 15 rated film I've ever seen. I don't know if it was meant to be more graphic and then the studio backtracked on it. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but... I don't get what it's going for. Yeah, I, I I'd actually heard that when it was in production that there was this big call and there was pushing it was going to be R rated, and then they just they did a bit of a U turn and decided against it. So I think you're kind of right, Stuart, and that they this may be a fifteen because they they pushed halfway if you want and then had to like cut it all back. You look at like Deadpool as a fifteen, like it earns its rating. I mean, I'd probably get an argument for it to be an eighteen, but um, it uses that uh, rating. To not only tell a story that it couldn't do otherwise, um, but also to use like that kind of violence and that kind of uh, like profanity, I suppose we'll say, like to the full extent. And it doesn't. If you took all of that out of Deadpool, it wouldn't be the same movie. So it's probably the same with Venom. There'll be a cut somewhere where it's probably meant to be the full extent of what they planned, but the studio again hacked it to pieces. I'm fully expecting like Snyder cuts to become a very normal thing where directors start taking a bit more power for the, the movies that are shown after the fact, depending on like what the audience want. But I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a thing. And uh, maybe like the reason Venom was pulled back was for franchise purposes with Spider-Man. But that kind of character, if you're going to do an origin story, you have to make the movie a bit more enticing and exciting, especially for the audience that knows who Venom is. Not that you'd cater to that audience anyway, but there still has to be a bit more excitement around the movie. And I think that's probably... A bit of a shame that the Sony audience, uh, Sony director, sorry, decided to pull back on that one. Anyway, Jack, you figured out an eighty soundtrack yet for Venom? Uh, I think I have. I think All right, so. okay. Well, let's 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 hear this mini pitch in the middle of this episode impromptu because I want to put Jack under pressure. I want the big fight and then see the end of the movie where like Tom Hardy just have the conversation with Venom, just like they're going down the street to shop or whatever. I want. To finish this off, Elton John, I'm still standing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, fair enough. Yeah, I don't I hate it. But... <laughs> I don't hate it. cliche, but, you know. Uh, well, they yeah. double down. It's hard to yeah. call it yeah. cliches. It's double down. It's a film riddled in cliches. So, like, I've seen the, the scene where it like uh, shows you the, the bad guys layer and it's on the side of a cliff and you're just like, oh, be original. I was really annoyed at that as well. I was just annoyed <laughs> at a lot of things. One, thing, like, one point I actually want to make about this movie, right, is when Tom Hardy's in the car uh, and like no MRIs, like why, and like sounds are lethal to it. And then his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, sorry, goes, so it sounds like it's Kryptonite? So this movie is acknowledging that either DC Universe exists or the comic book at least exists in this realm as well. And I was really confused by that. I never thought Marvel I, would I actually pay attention that. to it. I quite like that. Because I, th- I feel like um, when you say kryptonite now, like even people who don't watch superhero movies, they probably don't even know that it's related to Superman. They just know that that's your Achilles heel, as it were, in uh, English. So I, I quite like that bit. Bring back Achilles heel. As a, as a yeah, common maybe, expression. Maybe it was. As a classic. <laughs> I thought I wanted to use. Classic. The directors just don't care. They just don't care at all. They're like, oh, you know, put, put, a, put a superhero oil and put kryptonite in it. Oh, the nerds will love that shit. You know, they'll be coming in their seats if they hear that. They'll be like, someone's going to make a podcast and then make the fact that I made a DC comment in a Marvel movie. Well, sir, you won. What's the difference? 
I um, I also thought as well, it's quite cliche, it was the, the bad guy with the biblical metaphors, and he just he, he just loves symbiotes, and it's there's no explanation for it. He just loves them. He's just like, yep, they're they're great, and I want I'm really wanting to bond them with people, and I, I love the Bible. Well, I don't know who says that, but he's like, here's a here's a Bible story. Uh, Reese, I know you you know you're probably the most religious one here. Uh, you were I'm sure you were moved by when he starts talking about Abraham and Isaac. <laughs> oh, you should have had me. I was in tears, mate. I was really <laughs> at that point. Prick. <laughs> I love how also he's he's like got all these homeless people that are they have, they have the audacity to die with like these aliens have implanted in them and like, he just stands there and he's like oh you know so you know what's he says on oh, the soul fashions you know oh human bodies and I'm like what the are you on about you stupid yeah. dick oh, design. oh like, um, poor design uh, that's what it is that's poor design, uh, the human body. but you knew when you knew uh, he was going to say it uh, yeah man you knew when uh, Eddie was talking to that homeless woman and she steals a paper and then the next day the papers are in the, the thing and the homeless woman's not there you knew exactly where she was it's not as if the, it was like come on make it like make, make, make my brain work I want to think when I'm watching this I don't want to just be like oh well I wonder where she is oh, Maybe look, that's the she is. That it did the opposite for me because I fell asleep <laughs> Because <laughs> I actually, I actually forgot all about that homeless woman. I was like, "Who's this?" And then he keeps. I was like, "He knows her." And then my girlfriend was like, "That's the homeless person." I was like, "Oh right." Wow, Stuart Fitzgerald doesn't care about homeless people. He yeah. walks right by yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Even look, that's the message here. I, message. I, I, I care about the homeless. The I care about the homeless. I don't care. I, what I don't like is people monopolising on newspapers. Adam, all right, five bucks for a paper that's free. No wonder she's homeless. Great. <laughs> I thought you were say I don't like folk monopolising the homeless, so like folk like getting like a group of homeless folk to work for. It's like, like you're going to take this much money a day, and you're going to give me this much for cut of it. <laughs> That's the only point I agree with the villain. You know, just get rid of them all. Well, you know, you got wow. you got I me. Mean, he took care of the homeless issue. He took them off the streets, killed them all, and then what more do you want? No homeless in America anymore. No more taxes. No more taxes. No more taxes. <laughs> People over 20k have to start paying more tax, Jack. What's that all about? It's quite frankly not good enough. <laughs> not good enough for that story. Okay, so we've kind of covered the base of the movie and a lot of stuff we didn't like. It's it's We've ragged on it a lot, but it's definitely the worst movie we've tackled here at the big picture. But that is the next step to tackle this movie. So in order to give us a first pitch... I'm going to go to Jack. Give oh. us your first and strongest pitch to save Venom. Well, I, was, I submit two to you, and I think I'm going to go with the second one, and that is... Uh, oh, I can't even mind the bloody guy's name. Jesus Christ, Jack, come on. Well, wow, like Eddie Rock. No, <laughs> uh, not him. The, the bad Venom, guy. I think like his name is. Drake, Carlton uh, Drake. Uh, Carlton Drake. Venom. Venom. He is not the bad guy anymore. I hate him as the bad guy. I hate Riot as a symbiote as well. So I'd make Jenny Slate the villain and I'd make the symbiote scream. I feel that Riot is just a more amplified version of what Drake is. And he's just he's too he's too similar to Venom in the way of like of like looks as well. I just feel as if it's out of all the living symbiotes they could have had, they went for the one that was just more similar. And I mean, I don't like the name Riot, but I don't like the name Scream either. It's been a, it's a hard thing to try and fix a shit movie like this. But I'm I'm going with this. Make Jenny Slate the villain and make the symbiote scream. And I'd have obviously you see in the movie that like Eddie begins to embrace uh, Venom, that symbiote. But I'd have like Jenny Slate kind of fight against Riot, and Riot becomes like a homicidal, like just want to kill it and, and everything. And that'd be a kind of, I a, a better interaction between the two. And obviously they kind of, kind of on-off relationship, partnership, or whatever. So it makes yeah. it more personal for Eddie as well. Uh, that's that's mine. Jack, I'll tell you what. Normally, I'm like, Jack, I'll vote for you, mate. Us boys got to stick together because we get picked on the most. 
but you've lost a vote for me this week already because I don't know any of the words you've just said. So I'm sorry, <laughs> you're not getting any votes for me. Lost the everyman vote, <laughs> the people's <Yeah>. vote. <laughs> Jack, see when say you say you've got scream, all right, and she's doing what Venom does, like biting heads off and everything like that. Will you have Manny or by Hall and Oates playing when she does that? <laughs> yeah, that will come before I'm still standing. <laughs> good to know, it's good to know. Just I just have an idea of the track list and that's that's taking into consideration. I'm surprised <laughs> I brought it back. Surprised Jack's pitch every week isn't I want to add this AE soundtrack. But I mean <laughs> I'd vote for it. <laughs> well certainly <laughs> if you just install Rocky soundtrack into a lot of movies it make them ten times better. One thing I will so Jack's pitch does add like a personal element to it. It gives a more interesting dynamic between the villain and the hero. I mean, anti-hero or villain, villain, depending on what way you want to take it. It is an interesting pitch. It does provide a unique dynamic. So, I mean, I could see the appeal of it. But, hey, I'm not here to cast my opinion. That's for, up for our illicit audience and you other three people. But next, we'll go to Stuart. I believe he's probably got a good... 10-minute rant in him first before we get this pitch, but you know what? We'll make the time for it. Stuart, what you got? I'm only allowed 10 minutes. I'll give you 11 if you're nice. 11. Uh, oh, I, I feel like I need to preface any argument I make with the fact that I love the character Venom from like the comics. I, the first ever graphic novel I ever got uh, was The Birth of Venom. And it was like his comic book origins all the way up from him like first interacting with Spider-Man. I've said a lot about this film and what I didn't like, but the biggest flaw of Venom is that there's no Spider-Man. Simple as that. Spider-Man is so important to Venom's backstory that this film suffers for it because it doesn't live up to its full potential. And no doubt the sequels, when they show up, will be the same as well. Because like by taking Peter Barker completely out of the picture... It's got this huge domino effect of Sony probably having to take something else out and then another thing to compensate. Like, and what they're left with are these gaping holes in the story that, to their credit, they do try to fill. They don't fill them well, but it's never going to be as good as what they were originally, and the story suffers for it. Because like, Venom gets his look from Spider-Man's costume. Like, he only bonds to Eddie Brock because Peter Parker gets rid of the symbiote. And given the choice, the symbiote will always attempt to go back and bond to Spider-Man. So the worst, the absolute worst thing is that over at the MCU, we're currently watching, in my opinion, the best iteration of Spider-Man in film with Tom Holland. It's so classic Spidey, but also it's a new spin on it that it doesn't feel like a rehash of anything. Because in those films so far, the villains that we've had with Vulture and Mysterio, they, they have been incredible. Like, I absolutely love what they've done with those villains. And now thanks to Sony rushing this film out just to make money, probably. Like if they had waited... They could have had Venom show up in the MCU, have his story start with Spider-Man, and then they could have branched out with the spin-off movies like this that are more graphic and adult with the likes of Carnage and Toxin and, and uh, Scream, as Jack said. So ultimately, for me, we've been robbed of not just Venom showing up in the MCU and interacting with those characters, but we've also lost a really good Venom-Spider-Man story within that universe. And the film that we've got, it doesn't make up for that loss for me so I don't know if this is allowed and I'm fully prepared for this pitch to be I don't know disqualified or not counted because the pitches you know have to be changed in some aspect of the original but I don't want to change anything I just want this gone I do I just want this movie completely just gone I contemplated pitching there we go see um, I, I honestly contemplated pitching just put it in the MCU but I feel it's too soon because they've taken such great measures to erase all traces of Spidey from the plot. It would just need this huge new plot to be pitched. And I couldn't be bothered doing that. I also thought about just putting in another Spider-Man into the film, like even Scarlet Spider or something instead of Tom Holland. But to be honest, that's the only Spidey I would want facing off against Venom, which would be Tom Holland's MCU Spider-Man. So yeah, just get rid of it completely. That's my pitch. Get it chucked. We're, we're approaching uncharted territory here every, every week. Um, but I'm not against the idea. Uh, truly, I'm not. One question I do have, though, for you, Stuart, is um, you're obviously well-versed in the origin of Venom. Now, at what point in Peter Parker's life 
does Venom show up? And the reason I ask that is because obviously the the Spider-Man we have shown so far in the Marvel Universe is a younger, up-and-coming, learning Spider-Man under the guise of Iron Man, kind of in line to become with the new Avengers. Now, perhaps we can maybe rephrase the pitch to wait until Tom Holland grows up and becomes 35 years old, which, by the look of him, will take 40 years because he's just a wee boy, even though he's 20. But is that kind of a more of a suitable option for you? Or are you just like, not definitely not, I want completely everything gone, Tom Holland will just have to do. I just completely get it, because I did contemplate it, but I'm more interested in what the story they've got to tell with uh, Tom Holland. Um, it sucks that we won't get Venom in there, because Venom doesn't show up in, until a good... I think she shows up in the 80s, and Spider-Man like, first came about in the 60s, so like he, he is like a, a young man when he meets the symbiote mm-hmm. for the first time, because he does have a job, and obviously that's kind of like Eddie Brock is also employed with him. But I feel like we've also had that story as well with Spider-Man 3. It wasn't done great, but it's certainly better than this trash fire. <laughs> so, like, I'd be I'd be more prepared to just say, nah, I'd rather have no Venom in cinema if it wasn't going to be done right. So you know what I'm I'm going to allow that to to appear. I'm gonna I, I will get put up, my I'm gonna put down my fist. boogie boogie boogie. <laughs> Stuart's pitch <laughs> is to remove it from I'd existence. I'd sooner vote for a Jack's one, and I don't even know what Jack's pitch was. So get <laughs> up, um, I guess yeah yeah we'll allow it. Remove venom from existence. Um, and the next person will give their chance to pitch. Um, is the illustrious, the smooth-talking, the man who ensembles jazz. It's Reese Cook. Give us your pitch. Well, thank you for that introduction. Anyway, getting on to my pitch. Now, right, I didn't really know anything about Venom, so it was gonna, always going to be quite difficult for me to pitch it. So my pitch is to just get rid of Venom. That's it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. No. Against so, my vote. <laughs> I actually thought that the uh, character Eddie was uh, a lot more complex than what Tom Hardy portrayed it as. And we've had some pe- people talking during this saying some good things and some bad things about this performance. But my one is I just don't think that Tom Hardy portrays the character as well as what the character could have been portrayed. Because this character is obviously, he's on top of the world at the start of the movie, you know, he's vulnerable enough to propose to someone and then, you know, put his heart on his sleeve and propose to someone and he gets engaged and then he loses everything, he loses his job, he loses his uh, fiance, she leaves him and it's just, his whole world comes crashing down and, you know, it just doesn't seem that emotional. Like, obviously, the film and the story is portraying it as an emotional part of his life, but he himself doesn't fit that role. And then when it comes to Venom overtaking his body, I feel like Tom Hardy's too much of an alpha because I feel like when, you know, you know a symbiote is over- overtaking your body, you need to be kind of a bit of a beta to be like, okay, you know, you're scared, you're going to let this happen. Because I feel like Tom Hardy, realistically, just would be like, yeah, get on my body. And he would fight it if it was like, a, you know, Tom Hardy in any other film. I just don't think he has the range to take that over. So I went over a few candidates to... I swear to God, uh, you say Shia Buff, I'm just kicking you out. <laughs> to overtake uh, and have the, have the new... Um, the new lead. So my first thought was Brad Pitt, but then I thought it was just a similar thing. I feel like Brad Pitt has more of a range in terms of emotion, but I feel like, again, too much of an alpha, so I cut him out. Then I thought, do you know who would be a great idea? Tom Holland. But then I just don't think that would work for some reason. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I feel like there's a reason in there. Um, Adam said Topher Grace played him in a previous movie, and I actually thought, you know, that sounds good, but then Adam said he didn't do a good job of it. But I feel like Topher Grace is kind of along the right lines. Um, I then thought, I can't, Stuart was right. When he was uh, pitching his one a few episodes back, he could have gone for Matt Damon and got all the votes. And I, I feel like if I went for Matt Damon again, it would be a bit of a cop-out. I think it's just too easy and too safe. You, know, you, need to put your, you need to put your pictures out there. It needs to be memorable. So I've gone for 
Shia LaBeouf. Oh my god. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not an idiot. So, I've gone for Michael Cera. Oh. I know, I know what you're thinking. Ooh. Whoa. That, that is out there. But let, just let me get this. Let, let me get this. He's shown <laughs> he's naturally funny. And I feel like the relationship between Eddie and Venom, you have to be naturally funny. And I feel like the awkwardness of Michael Cera would work a lot better than Tom Hardy's humor. And then we've also, yeah, so we've seen that he's naturally funny from films like Superbad. And in the later seasons of Arrested Development, he shows that he can be ta- he can be quite aggressive and taken seriously. And he, you know, he is engaged in fights and that. And if you've ever seen Molly's Game, you'll see that he's got a bit of a sinister enough side to him that he can be an alpha when needed. Uh, like particularly in the scene where it's you know uh, the police officers all go mask on, and then uh, Tom Hardy says mask on. I think that's a good scene. I feel like. Uh, if you've ever seen the scene, and if you've not seen it, it's from Molly's Game. I, I know you might not have seen the film. Um, you can Google it. Molly's uh, Molly's Game. Cap your tip scene. The scene there, he he portrays a really sinister side to Michael Cera that people might not necessarily know is he's capable of. And I think he has more of a range in terms of emotion, vulnerability, and you know the ability to be sinister, and the fact that he is more of a beta person than Tom Hardy, which I feel like is important if you're going to be overcome by a symbiote. I feel like my pitch, Michael Cera as Venom slash Eddie, that is my pitch. Take it or leave it. Love it or hate it. Well, I hate it. Stuart, I any thoughts? I can just, can I just say that that is a stroke of genius by Reese that I know is intentional. Because um, for those for those that don't, Reese will know this obviously because there's no other reason why I pitched this. But for those that don't know, in Molly's game, Michael Cera plays. He's actually playing a parody of Tobey Maguire, who um, who played Spider Man originally, and that's why he's picked him. So it's a stroke yeah, of genius a, by Reese, and genius. that you knew all along. So absolutely, I, I just didn't put it in there because I didn't want to confuse people. Exactly. Um, we're on the same wavelength. Same wavelength, you and I. Maybe I'll vote for you after all. I'm not against it. I'm not against the whole Michael make Cera thing, but uh, eh, I feel that the relationship would need to change between the symbiote and Eddie Brock, like Venom and Eddie Brock, to make it work. I don't think it's something that I was going to pitch, but I won't say in case Adam ends up pitching it and ruins it, but the, I think the relationship would need to be different. No, well, I'm not saying it would be the exact same dialogue. That's what I, I did kind of uh, touch I mean, you, you said it would still be comical, though, like in that, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, but it would, because Michael Cera is naturally funny and he's more awkward, which I feel would work better with, you know, something taking over your body and talking to you and telling you what to do and that. I feel like being awkward and kind of submissive would work better than what uh, what has what is now. Adam, anything? Yeah, you feel like he's uh, you think he's got the ability to play along those big stars, like in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He's already played alongside Chris Evans, so you know he can work with superheroes. Great, so, uh, cool, great. Thanks, 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 thanks. thanks for coming. Uh, yeah. He also worked with Jason Bateman and uh, Will Arnett and. Well, on it plays the best Batman, so there you go. <laughs> he also played. He also played Robin in the Lego Batman movie. Michael Cera. Yeah, and Carl Weathers from Mandalorian. He's in Arrested Development as well. So this has turned into one of those connected dots. <laughs> Name That's just like five stages of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Ch- this is this podcast is now. <laughs> I mean. I'm 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 not the judge here. You you people are. So we'll see we'll see how well Reese does with that pitch. But we'll go with our last, our final, and hopefully our strongest. Adam, what's your chaotic carnage based pitch? <laughs> carnage based. Uh, uh, we've got that in the sequel, so I don't wanna don't wanna go there. But um I like uh, I like the pitches. I think we've all come at it from different angles, which is good. I'm gonna come at it from yet another angle. Uh, well, to be fair, Stuart kind of touched on it. 
there's two key things that Ike Stewart mentioned. One is obviously a relationship with Spider-Man, which is what he's done for his pitch. So I'm not touching on Spider-Man, don't worry, Stuart. But I am touching on is that Venom's a villain. You watch you watch the if you watch his TV show in the nineties, you played the video games, PS1 game, Venom's a villain. He's a villain in all of them. He's a he's an anti-hero in this. I'm doing the air quotes again. I need to stop doing that. Anti-hero. And yeah. And he does in the comics, to be fair. Later on, he becomes a kind of anti-hero. He punishes people, kills them, and he does still clash with Spider-Man because of his methods. But yeah, okay, so that comes later on. That's a character development. We're getting a starter Venom, with a, a, but it's a developed character. I don't like it. I want to make him evil. I want Eddie, I want him to, when he loses everything, I don't want him to just, okay, he gets his chance to go back and... He can take his chance to go back because he wants to take Carlton Drake down. Yeah, okay, that works for his motivation. The Venom symbiote, it it goes, it knows everything about you. It's in his head. Well, it's meant to. It's in your head. It would know that in his heart, he wants to hurt and he wants to kill the people that have wronged him. He wants to take down Carlton Drake. He wants to hurt his ex. And I think we should lean into it. I want this to be a wee bit, a wee bit more almost horror-based. I want us to follow... Venom as he goes on a rampage. I want him to, to take down the people that he feels have wronged him. I think that's what's it works better. I want the Venom symbiote to be this little voice in his head to encourage him to do it. When he has those moments where he's like, let's not do this, the Venom symbiote should push him further. But it's stronger than him. That's what we've seen in the comics. That's what we've seen in the films. Is that the symbiote, when it's bonded with you, when you're feeling down, it's stronger than you. It can get you to do anything, really. I think I would work better. I just think that I want to see Venom go and I want to see a, a true Venom. I want to see us get to the end of the film. I don't I want a happy ending. We've had too many happy endings in superhero films over the years. I'm done with seeing a superhero film where it all works out in the end. I want to see us at the end. We're not sure where it's going to go. Uh, I think that would just, for me, would just work better. And that's my pitch. Please, questions, hit me. So, so like, I'm really on board with that pitch. I really like it. But um, one thing I'd like, so oh. is there going to be a villain in the film, or is it going to be a bit? Say, if you've ever seen the film Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is a fantastic film, where it's all about his actions. It's a very dark film with all his motivations. Would it be that kind of story? Yeah, I think you've got. Uh, yeah, it's that kind of story. I think you could have some driving points or some opposite characters. I don't. I don't. I didn't. I really hated the final fight with Venom and Riot. So I don't even think there's any need for it to be an symbiote. I. I, I think they can be involved. I think. Riot can be involved as a symbiote because if we stick to the origins they've given this, is that Riot's the team leader or whatever. So part of the reason Venom wants the Venom symbiote wants to help him take down Carlton Drake, not just because he feeds on his inner desires, but also because he wants to stop the other symbiotes. He wants to have Earth to himself. And then we can leave off with the film. And we have that same ending, if you want, with Carnage. Uh, where he meets Clex Cassidy. But instead we find off that he's, there's a symbiote he's missed. There's a symbiote that's landed somewhere else. And it's like, that's it. So then that sets, you know, we can set ourselves up for the second film. But I do, I kind of want it to be more self-motivated, self-driven from Venom's point of view. Nice, I like that. You know, the idea of an actual super villain movie is quite appealing. Not just like a superhero or an anti-hero movie where there's like some good redeeming quality at the end. Just making, giving an entire film to set up the power, the strength, and the motivations of a villain to, yes, then come with a sequel and maybe you throw in Spider-Man 2 to make it more appealing. But you know, that's quite a good idea. I, I, I would... That yeah, would probably see, get like, my... Yeah, because I only watched this film in the cinema because it was like, you know, it was Venom and I had a cinema with unlimited card so I could see it for free. I honestly wouldn't have paid money to see this film going off what I'd heard about it. See if I, see if I could see a trailer and it was Venom and he was dark and he was the villain, and I would go, wow, like, okay, I need to see this. This is one of my favourite characters, and look, I want to see it. I feel like I might just uh, win you the vote here by saying that if you do go down that route, you could open up an opportunity in a later film to introduce Spider-Man, uh, whereas with the film that we just I've just watched, <clears throat> there's no way you can bring in Spider-Man into that, but it's just now that Venom's kind of a good guy, it just doesn't feel right to bring in Spider-Man, whereas if he's still a bad guy and for the whole film in the second one, you could still bring in Spider-Man. But I'm not going to vote for you. (laughs) 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 So we've had a round of some very uh, strong pitches. Uh, Just a quick recap in case you are unsure. 
Jack repitched the motivations of the villain to be changed to the lead scientist and have the symbiote scream, not right, be the villain. Stuart just wants it cancelled. Reese would like to recast the lead uh, with Michael Sarah offering a slightly different approach to Eddie Brock. And Adam would like to change it more to Venom being an actual villain, maybe kind of lead more to a kind of horror story uh, and not necessarily have a good ending, but have a true setting place of the character Venom. So while we wait for our illustrious panel to send over their votes to me, I'd like to take this opportunity to give you guys a challenge to head over to our Twitter account at underscore big picture and tell us what you think of the movie Venom and how you would fix it. So while I look through the votes here, coming in tied last is Jack and Stuart. Congratulations, boys. I'm we did it, Jack. We did <laughs> <laughs> And then in first place with two votes, it's your boy. It's the true carnage is Adam Borkiewicz. Adam, you Thank are you. the big pitchers champion. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, you can tell by the, the applause is the Venom movie was not really something that was overly impressive to us here at the big picture and by and large the population. If you haven't seen the movie, don't. But if you have, let us know what you think. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Uh, we're coming up in December, so we're going to have some more Christmas-themed shows coming up, uh, including a year in review coming soon at the end of the year. So thank you for your time and following us over here at The Big Picture. Just a reminder, you can get us on all your major podcasting platforms, Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore the big picture. Thank you and take care.